Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. We're gonna continue our conversation with Leslie M, who lives to unleash the authentic human potential in everyone she encounters. As a coach, author, trainer, and speaker, Leslie helps people to discover, embrace, and release their unique swagger. Leslie is a former United Kingdom TV host and advertising creative director. With the award-winning training company she founded called Combustion, she's been fortunate enough to work with global organizations like Google, TD Bank, Uber, HBO, PepsiCo, and Honda, and has helped professionals at all levels from CEOs down. Leslie's new book, Swagger, Unleash Everything You Are and Become Everything You Want, was published in May. As a speaker, Leslie brings a swagger message to vibrant life and helps organizations and individuals understand how unleashing authenticity in the corporate world can be transformational to not only performance, productivity, employee satisfaction, and retention, but could significantly up the human factor we all so desire. And she most definitely brings her own swagger to the party. Let's get back to our conversation with Leslie. Well, in your book, you uh, talk about, and I wanted to just go back and reference, you know, what they call the false face or, you know, where people have two faces. They have the face of who they are, and this is who I am at home or when I'm alone and I can do what I want to do and watch what I want to watch. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're watching a crazy TV show and your spouse walks in a room and you quickly turn the channel because you don't want them to know that you're watching it, right? Never happened to me. <laughs> and then there's the false face, right? The face we put on at the workplace of who I want to think people want to see me as or how I think that they want to see me as. And I, I think most people have these false faces, right? Uh, and that's not a criticism of my friends and colleagues, but I think we all operate in one way publicly and operate in a little bit of a different way privately. And your recommendation, suggestion, and the work that you're doing is kind of bringing those two together and trying to have one face, right? Which is the who you really are and recognize it won't be for everyone, but it is who you really are. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's heartbreaking to me. It makes me sad to think that people have to split themselves and that they believe that this, this idea of persona 
is this, this heavy coat that they have to put on every day because it is a burden. And also we now have to, we, we now have to keep it straight in our heads. Who am I? What is, what is the role that I am playing here? And how do I keep that consistent? And no actor could play a role for their entire lives. That would never work out. I mean, the cracks are going to show at some point. So it, it, the other thing is that ironically, all we want is to be seen in this life, to be acknowledged, to be accepted for who we are. And yet we create persona when we go into the workplace where we spend the most time of all of our time. And then we wonder why we don't feel filled up. We don't feel seen. We don't feel accepted. It's because because you're not showing people who you are. You're not giving them the opportunity to know you and to appreciate you and to respect you. So even when, even when you do things that are well received at work and you get accolades and you get appreciation and so on. What happens is that 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 appreciation has to now move back through all of the, these blocking layers of which persona is a big one. It's the first one. And each one is going to take its little piece because all of those voices like, well, it's not really me that they're saying they like, you know, if they knew the real me, they wouldn't really appreciate me. It's because I'm faking it. It's because it's because it's because and then we don't even get filled up. Like, what is the point if when you break it down logically, and that's what the whole book is about, when you break it down, you go, why? How does this make sense that we would do that to ourselves? Why would we do that when we have the option to, to reveal ourselves, but to be smart and professional? This is the thing is that there is a thing called professionalism. And, and that is about respecting your colleagues respecting their boundaries to the best of your ability. So not actively seeking to offend or upset them. I and mean, it happens by accident, but to actively, you know, actively seeking to do that, actively seeking to make people feel super uncomfortable, um, being, being accountable for your actions, for your work, the quality of your work, being in your place of excellence, lifting others up. To me, that's what professionalism is. But it doesn't mean you have to be a robot or that you have to be shiny and glossy all the time. Because if you do not reveal your humanity to other people, then they can't connect meaningfully with you. And they also start to believe that same thing. And we say, why do people do it? Well, because they think everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is so much shinier and glossier than I am. So I have to pretend to be shiny and glossy, except they're not shiny and glossy. They're all faking it just like you. <laughs> well, this is one of the reasons I loved your book, Swagger, is because it does talk about these topics, about how to be one and not have uh, what I call the false face or a two-faced perspective. I think everyone, for whatever reasons, and if I was to host another podcast, Leslie, it would probably be on this topic of, you know, how do you... Can I be your first guest when, we, when you, you do can, that? You, okay. you can be my co-host. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, Ed. Absolutely. Yes. But, you know, how do you move from being a multi-faced person, and maybe there's two or three faces that you have, but, you know, to one, right? How can I be the me I need to be? Because I do believe this influences bravery in the workplace because there are things my boss is doing right now that are driving me crazy that I've said nothing about. And so I'm operating with two faces. I go in and say, yep, sounds great. Yep, I can do that. Or I go to a meeting and my boss takes over and talks through the whole meeting and nobody else can talk. And no one says anything. And so the boss just keeps doing it. And yet again, at the water cooler, it's, oh, I can't believe Ed did that again. He's driving me crazy, right? So, you know, how do we, and this is more of a rhetorical question, you know, how do we help Oh, I have people? answers. I have answers. That. <laughs> it doesn't sure have to be do. rhetorical. You can ask me straight up. Yeah. You know, how do, how do people move? Well, let's, let's ask for one tip, Leslie, from you. You know, how do people move from being multifaced 
in the workplace to single-faced, right? How do you get to be the real you and say what you need to say or do what you need to do with respect? Of course, you always want to be respectful for others that can help our listeners make progress. There are three key swagger drivers. These are the things that are going to help to unleash and, and promote your swagger in the world. It's important to recognize that this is not, swagger is not a switch that gets flipped. It is a lifelong journey and it's you like anything you have to practice and you have to get better at it. But the reasons that truth that there are three swagger drivers is because they all need to work in concert. Number one is truth speaking your truth, because that's all we have in this world. It's the only thing that can express our uniqueness, our originality, the things that uh, we, we believe we are here to do and to speak is we speak our truth. Truth, we as we know, is very subjective, but it's our truth. It doesn't have to be the truth, which I think is very important for people to understand. I need to speak my truth. But the thing about truth is that you want your truth to land. It's not enough to just say, if I just say it all over people, they're going to love it. It's like barfing on someone and then saying, can you sift through it for the good chunks? No, Nobody wants to do that. That's the grossest thing ever, right? So when we think about speaking our truth, we have to make sure that we're being smart about it. We have to think of what is the message that we want to land? When is the best time to say it? Where is the best time to say it? And even maybe to whom is, is, is it best to be said? Because if, if you speak your truth in that meeting situation that you just explained, and it's somehow inadvertently without your intention, if it, if it diminishes the status of that leader, they may not have the best response to it because that's a very tribal instinct. We don't want to have our status diminished. However, if you listen carefully, take notes, watch for reactions around the room, and then after the meeting, go and seek out that person and say, listen, can I have a few minutes of your time? Because I want to talk to you about something that happened in the meeting. Are you, are you open to that? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second driver is your intention. It's why am I speaking this? Why is it so important for me to say this? Why is it important for it to be out, out there in the world? And it cannot just be for yourself. If it's just for yourself, it's going to be really hard to get other people to buy into it. So it's got to be for the greater good or for the collective in some way, shape, or form. And and something can be good for you and good for the collective and the greater good at the same time. I'm not telling you to sublimate who you are and everything that you want and need, but to find that that sweet spot in between you know the, those elements and then have clarity about why you're speaking it so that when you do go have that conversation with that leader that might be an uncomfortable or, or potentially conflicty conversation that is scary as all hell, as we know, you can say, <clears throat> so I wanted to talk to you about something that happened in the meeting. Now, my intention here is to make sure that you heard this important thing that I wanted to share, because I think it's going to be a value to the project or to the situation or whatever. I just wanted to, to only talk to you about it. So are you open to that? Now, the person's probably going, oh, thank God she didn't say it in, in that room. So yeah, I respect that. Okay, what is it? Because it's just them, right? So right away, you set your intention as being something positive, something good for the collective. And then you can sort of, with humility, say, here's what I noticed, and here's what I'm worried about, and here's what I want, the good that I want to have happen. And I don't know, what do you think? Right? That Those are the conversations that every leader wants to have. But we we get our ego gets in the way or we or we don't speak our truth at all. And thing and the last the last part, the last driver is self-belief. 
And self-belief is very different than confidence. And I want to I go back because you mentioned the fake it till you make it thing. So I do want to go back to remind me that we're going to go back to that. But self-belief is not, it's not the same as confidence. Self-belief is that unerring feeling that no matter what happens, I can jump off the cliff and I'm not going to die. It might be scary, like anybody who ever bungee jumped, all screams all the way down, right? But you still do it because you, you want to have the experience. So it's believing that you may hit a few branches on the way down, you might bounce, you might fly, there are all kinds of options. But the thing you know for sure is you're not going to die. So I, the way that I imagine it is, remember remember back in the day, well, they still today, the, the um, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoons. Remember those? So the the Roadrunner would run up the mountain and Wiley Coyote would chase, like just chase with everything he had to try and catch the Roadrunner, which of course never happened. And as they progressed up the mountain, the curves, the, the turns would get sharper and sharper. And inevitably at one point, Roadrunner takes a hard left and boom, off the side of the mountain goes Wiley Coyote. Now, when does Wiley Coyote fall? Do you remember? Well, he hangs in the air for a few noticeable seconds and, and then, then looks down and sees he's not standing on anything and then falls. Bingo. Here's the thing. Don't look down. <laughs> you don't look down. Self-belief to me is imagining stepping off that cliff and this little walkway presents itself directly under your feet. So every time you take a step forward, if you look down, you're just going to see air. You will not see the step. You can feel the solidity. And you have to have the bravery to take the next step, believing that that walkway is going to reveal itself directly under your feet. The places you can go with that mindset are unbelievable. So truth, intention, and self-belief, these are the key drivers of swagger. Well, I love that model because I think, of course, it applies to being brave in the workplace. And what I really liked about how you described it, Leslie, is it always felt as if, A, it's possible. So even if you want to give somebody some feedback that might sting a little bit, there are ways that you can present it so that they are listening and know that you're not being accusational or judgmental, but just want to share something with them that you think is important. I loved how you asked for permission. So that's a very important step in giving feedback that you want to make sure the person is open to hearing it. Because if they're not open to hearing it, you might as well know before you open your mouth. Absolutely. Why waste your time? Yeah. yeah. So, hey, are you open and, to hearing it? And you got to be careful with the, you this is, I'm sure you've talked about this at some point on your, on your, on your show. Blah, 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 blah. But nah, nah, uh, 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 uh. don't do it. You've got to be smarter than that. You've got to learn how to catch it. You've got to learn how to craft it. It's, it was, we all know, as soon as you were use the word but, everything that came before the but was bull. So you have to, you have to, it's, I mean, at, at the very least, it's end. You know, here are the, here are the thing that I noticed and here's the, the thing that I'm concerned about and here's the thing I want to talk about and I want to make sure that I'm, you know, in service of this and I'm available to have that best conversation and I'm at your, you know, I'm at your service and, 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 and. No, but eradicate it. Got it. The other piece of the model that you presented that I love is also uh, asking for reflection. So even in some of this stuff, 
Leslie, is so basic, and yet we don't, again, we're not raised in junior high, high school, and college to do this and learn this, and so we don't know to do it, but, you know, what do you think? What What's your reaction to what I just shared with you? Because a person might say, Ed, you're the first person in my career to ever share this with me, so I really appreciate that you took the time, uh, or it could be, I don't really understand what you're talking about, I've never seen my, right? You need to know how they're interpreting it, so you can also assess what your next step will be, because if you think just saying it is the home run, that could just be the beginning. And you might see that this is going to be easier than you thought it might be, or it might be, you know, having to come back and take three or four more swings at the bat until the person says, oh, okay, now I see, you know, thank you for sticking with it because now I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's the key to active listening too. So if we are ever, if we're ever in one of those conversations and we're the person on the receiving end of that or, or wherever in the conversation, it's always good to, to, to say, so what I'm hearing you say is, or from what I'm understanding, let me just make sure that I understand this and reflecting it back to make sure that, that their truth is landing. Because you want to respect and honor when someone chooses to come to you with truth. That's a gift, man. That is a gift because they don't have to do that. And that's the problem with so many organizations is that the attitude is, eh, I don't care. I don't need it. I don't whatever. That's the problem with people not unleashing their swagger in the workplace is that you're getting 50, 60% of the complete human. You're paying for 100%, but you're getting 50 or 60%. And the part that you're not getting, I guarantee you, is their juicy center. It's the place where their best ideas live. It's the place where they're willing to take risks. It's the place they're willing to go the extra mile. It is the place where they experience the greatest sense of progress. It is all of those things. And if you're not, if you're not as a leader or someone who is responsible for the culture of your organization, if you're not supporting and embracing swagger, that's just bad money sense. It's bad. It's just bad business. Because why would you pay for a whole person? And then settle for half of them or, or less if, if the environment is oppressive. Doesn't make sense. Well, I love that model as we're closing out that uh, if you're going to hire a whole person, ensure you're getting the whole person, right? It doesn't make sense to hire a person and then repress them or intimidate them into being something that they're not and creating this two or three or four pace person. So just as we're closing out, Leslie, I just want to recap some of the lessons I think that will be important for our listeners to hear. One, uh, you know, first off, there's a couple of questions, right? Why not? If you do need to be braver in the workplace or you're thinking about doing something that's a little bit challenging, why not? And also, what's the worst that could happen, right? This Because what you might find is what uh, could happen outweighs, right? What's the worst that could happen? And then the model for swagger that you talked about, which is truth, intention, and self-belief, that you have to have those three pieces, which again, I think relates beautifully with being brave in the workplace. So Leslie, as we're saying goodbye to our listeners, you know, if somebody wants to explore building their swagger and identifying, okay, so what's my swagger, right? Because I know my swagger, Leslie, is different than your swagger. You know, what's the first step they could do? What's the first thing they should do to start this journey? I think it's important to know where you're getting stuck. So that's why I have I have a module, you know, hopefully people will will buy the book if they're interested in unleashing their swagger and they will learn more about the five swagger blockers because we, we th- these are kind of universally where we tend to get stuck. So you need to recognize it and then take it bite by bite. You know, you can't swallow the whole thing whole. You're going to have to break it down, but awareness is 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 key to this. Absolutely key because it feels overwhelming this notion of of 
unleashing who we are. But when we take it step by step, it's actually incredibly doable. Because I come from the training background, I wasn't playing with this book. It is practical. (laughs) It has exercises. It holds your hand. It wasn't going to be just about fluffy, wuffy stories of inspiration. Uh -uh. Mama, don't play that. It's, It's for real. It will hold your hand. It is kind of like having me in front of you in a room to the best of my ability. So I think that that that's the key is that you have to just want it. You have to have the courage. You have to have that bravery and say, I deserve this. I deserve to be seen. And then get some support to go after it, which you can get from my book. Fantastic. Well, again, the book is called Swagger. Unleash everything you are and become everything you want. It is not the goal of this podcast to help authors uh, publicize and market their books yet. (laughs) I would tell you, yet, I would tell you, uh, I didn't say but, I said yet, uh, this book really ties beautifully to the world of being brave at work. And so if you're a listener who's trying to figure out how to be braver at work and need a model or some ideas or strategies or uh, activities that you could do to make great progress, I strongly encourage you to purchase this book. So Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. It was great having you as a guest. Oh, thank you so much better way to spend an hour I cannot imagine. Thank you so much for giving me the uh, the swagger space, Ed. It was delightful. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks again, Leslie. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.